Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy and romance and all of the magical places they intersect. I'm here with my first cup of coffee, which is delicious this morning, as every morning. I suppose every once in a while I'll say it's not delicious, but it's usually only if I've made a mistake, right? Today is Thursday. October 8th, and I have a number of things to tell you guys. Um, first of all, the, the headline news is that I finished The Long Night of the Crystalline Moon. It is officially complete at a little over 28,000 words, as I had thought, or at least as my revised estimates had it. And, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, I'm going to let it sit for a few days and then go back to it. I'm also going to start writing book one of that series. Ooh, ooh, my other rose bloomed. Sorry, this is apparently more important news in my brain. Let's get a picture of this rose. This is the rose whose name I've forgotten. This is another Floribunda called Ebb Tide, and it has a beautiful deep color. Let's see if we can get a decent photo for you guys. Come here, camera. I'm trying to learn my lesson and not do too close up. Do one farther back. All right, boy, has it got a lovely, intense color. Purple, deep purple. And my blue girl is still blooming. It's looking like we'll get a freeze. Woo! <laughs> I nipped the uh, head off of one of the sort of done roses, and I all the petals came off of two of the others. I guess they were ready to go. All right, now I've beheaded all of them. There's still one bloom on it. So, anyway... Uh, back to Long Night of the Crystalline Moon. I almost forgot my own title there. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to start writing book one next. Uh, I also have a little bit to do on Dark Wizard. I'm going to work on Dark Wizard today just for a little bit of a palette cleanser. There was something I definitely wanted to weave in, and uh, I need to brainstorm the next two books in the series. So those are my, my jobs there. Um, but then, yeah, I will start writing the book one in Heirs of Magic because I think that will inform the novella a little bit. And I might give it to a couple people to read. But I do want to let it sit for a few days so that I can come back to it with a, a fresh eye. So, yeah, that was great. I was very happy to get it done yesterday. Um, I think Leslie Penelope will be glad that it's done. <laughs> and, yeah, well before the end of October. I have all kinds of time to polish it up. But I do want to get that first book in Heirs of Magic written um, so that I can title it and put a pre-order link at the back of the novella. 
We've already gotten tons of pre-orders for Under a Winter Sky. It's most gratifying. Thank you all. Um, really love seeing people coming out in force to pre-order that book for us. Uh, Leslie did a nice podcast on about ordering direct and how we were all uh, had that option for people to buy direct from us and how she thinks that's the uh, how things will be in the future. And I do think that that's um, everybody's just going to have to do that because it gives you control of your own sales so you're not completely dependent on Amazon. So, yeah, if you want to pre-order, there are multiple ways to do it. It's up on Apple, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, Smashwords, and Amazon for pre-order, as well as on the websites of all four of us. Uh, so you could look at Kelly Armstrong, Melissa Marr, Leslie Penelope, who is L. Penelope, and then also... Uh, my website, and you can pre-order either the ebook or the print copies. Um, because we're all in different places, so actually Melissa and I are closest because she's in Arizona and I'm in New Mexico, but then Leslie's way over on the East Coast and Kelly's up in Canada. Uh, if you order a print copy from our website, you'll get our signature for sure, but we're going to see if we can come up with some kind of way to mail around book plates for people who really want to try to get all four signatures on there. So, but for sure, whoever's signature you want most, order from their website. It doesn't really matter to any of us because we decided we'll just even it out, you know. So, like, we'll just figure out who all, how many each person sold on their website and then... I'll figure out the math so that we all get the equivalent revenue from them. So no worries there. Um, we're just happy that you guys want to order the books. And then this weekend, I am going to be on the uh, Airship Nebula at... Um, I have to look at the calendar here. Sunday afternoon, you know, we have the, the Nebula conference. We created the online Airship Nebula, and there are um, lots of opportunities to be. It's sort of become the an all-year place for online engagement. And so if you registered for Nebula conference, you can go be part of this. Or if you um, want to do, if you, you could still sign up. If, if you want to be part of it. And you can go view all of the panels from the conference and everything. So it's a pretty good deal. But I'm going to be leading a writing session on Sunday afternoon if you want to join in. Um, basically, we'll just do like a little bit of rah-rah and then get everybody going. And that starts at, I think it's 3 to 5. And I don't know why my calendar doesn't show me this time because I know I put it in there. Maybe let's look in another place. Well, and I'll, I'll just put it in the show notes. Let's do that. So would love it if you wanted to join me. So let's see. We watched the debate last night, the vice presidential debate, because David really wanted to. And um, 
like everybody, we're, I mean, the fly was the most bizarre moment. Um, it was kind of surreal almost because we thought that fly was so huge. It was one of those big horse flies and it landed on Pence's head and sat there for a really long time. I saw somebody said five minutes and I don't know if it was five minutes, but it was a really long time. And at first we thought the fly was on our TV screen. It was that big, you know, and we're both like, moving forward to you know knock it off of there but no it was on pence's head and the most bizarre part was that he never knew that he never felt it um i mean i suppose i guess he used to be a like a tv news personality so maybe he's just like so well trained not to fidget or something but um it was really weird because he looks like a plastic ken doll to me anyway and with having this fly sitting on his head for so long that he never even seemed to notice. Um, the poor guy also looked tired and miserable and weary, and I'm, there's a lot of speculation about whether the uh, pink eye that he had is a sign of COVID illness. It would be kind of amazing if he didn't have it at this point. But it was interesting to watch. So I wanted to tell you guys this story <laughs> about this kind of extraordinary thing that happened the other day. So long-time listeners know that we have this water fountain out front with the shallow bird bath in it and the water that bubbles up through the middle. And I've posted many pictures of the visitors to the bird bath. And it's really great because it brings in all kinds of wildlife. You know, so we've seen bobcats there and the coyotes come up and tons of songbirds and uh, all kinds of creatures. The quail, seeing those little tiny quail chicks come up there is just amazing. So on Tuesday, I was on a, I was on a break between writing sprints. I think I was just about to come back, and I was up at my computer, and I could see the portal from my desk, and I I catch movement out of the corner of my eyes, and I I think I'm really trained to look for wildlife movement. And I looked out, and there was a roadrunner on the portal. And this was probably like 11 in the morning, something like that. Uh, and I was like, wow, roadrunner. And we've seen him around here before, but it was just really cool to see the roadrunner on the porch. And so I called David. You know, and I'm like, David. So I'm doing this combination of having to call loudly enough for him to hear me because I don't want to move suddenly and scare it off. Um, and I don't want to call too loudly and scare it off. So I, so David fortunately hears me. He's like, what? And I said, there's a roadrunner on the porch. And so he comes, you know, and we're both sort of like, I go out of my office and we're easing up to the front windows. And I I could see that it was walking towards the birdbath. I'm like, I think it's going to go drink from the birdbath. How cool is that? So we're both like easing up to the window and, you know, being really careful not to spook it. And it went up to the birdbath and it was kind of looking around and looking a little bit suspicious and it was a beautiful bird and it took a little drink and it's looking around and and then it it crouched down because these birds flew overhead and you know you you see birds do that all the time you know like if a hawk goes overhead you know they all just flatten themselves and 
And so I thought, and it was funny because the roadrunner kind of put its wings up and crouched its head down and was looking up. And I was like, oh, you know, I hope those songbirds that were swooping in to come to the birdbath don't, don't scare it off. And then the roadrunner is looking up and it shot straight up, sprang straight up into the air and grabbed one of those songbirds in its beak, just like, poof, like a trap. And I mean, that little birdie was dead before the it even knew that roadrunner was there. And the other birds even kind of fluttered around for a second, going like, wait, what, what, what just happened? And the roadrunner ran off with its lunch. And David and I were both just flabbergasted. And it, it's so funny because we've talked about it several times in the last few days that we're just like, you know, how we went from, oh, look at the beautiful roadrunner and don't spook it into like, my God, that thing is like a velociraptor. It moved like a velociraptor. And that beak, you know, they've got those long, dark beaks. I mean, it was just like a bear trap snapping down on that little songbird. And because... And, and I mean, we, we saw it like, almost like in slow motion, you know, like when something shocks you. And that little bird just um, like pretty much folded in half in the beak. I mean, it was just like, <clears throat> so sorry, hope, sorry about um, any tender sensibilities there. Uh, it, it was so fast. And, and David even said something about it yesterday. He says, you know, I keep thinking about that roadrunner. <laughs> How it looked, and I was like, I know. It's like I'm really glad those roadrunners aren't any bigger than they are because that was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. I swear. Um, he's like, Yeah, it's a look like a little dinosaur, and I said, It's a velociraptor, and he said, Yes. So now we're calling the roadrunners runners velociraptors, and I am no longer going to be so hushed and reverent if I see. Mr. Roadrunner coming up to the birdbath. I think this was not the first time. It was just the first time we'd witnessed it. So my mom saw Roadrunner get a baby bunny once. Um, and so we knew that they're, you know, they seem like such cool birds, you know, and like there's the whole Roadrunner Wiley Coyote thing, you know, which of course was all desert Southwest anyway, but, you know, it's like, meep, meep. <laughs> Roadrunner... You know, there's a reason he was so mean. <laughs> they're, they're severe critters. Uh, yeah, good little predators. So you just don't, or at least I just never thought of them that way. So, yeah, watch your little songbirdies. I guess roadrunners need to eat too, but David commented it's not easy to be a songbird. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's true. You're kind of like the, the popcorn of the desert. So, uh, I've been waiting a couple days to share that story with you all. Uh, I did not get a photo because I was too busy being hushed and reverent and not wanting to scare off the roadrunner. But instead you get a nice still photo of my ebb-tide floribunda rose. Beautiful. We've been having such gorgeous weather. And in some ways, it's not a good thing because it's so dry, you know, it's, but it does make for a beautiful autumn. I think our weather is supposed to turn by the end of next week. So I'll probably start 
dealing with bringing the plants in and getting the garden tamped down. We're going to, I think, have a real freeze. So it's time, you know, mid-October. It's usually uh, I bring the plants in and put the Halloween decorations out. So I think that's probably what I'll do. So let's see, do I have anything else to tell you? I've updated you on Under a Winter Sky. Yeah, I think, and I talked about the stuff that I'm doing this weekend. I am doing some events. It's going to be a busy October for me, actually, um, here in on the weekends anyway, because I'm doing panels for uh, Mile High Con, the weekend, ugh, now I'm going to have to look at my calendar and I do, 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 do. So let's see. Oh yeah, Mile High Con is going to be the weekend of the 23rd to the 25th. And then World Fantasy Convention is 29th through November 1st. So I'll be doing quite a few panels for those things. You can find me online and then of course on Sunday, um, doing the leading the writing session. I will also be in um, doing a few things in November, but I think we don't need to worry about that right now. I will tell you when the time gets a little closer on those things. So I think that's all I have to say today. Um, watch out for Roadrunners. <laughs> They're really velociraptors. Oh, look, there's a robin. Hello, robin. We get a lot of robins coming through here in the fall and winter as they come from the north. Watch out for the roadrunner. All right. Uh, first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. You can find other podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. You all take care. Bye-bye.